0: Hello and welcome to Feed Play Love and to this episode of Helpline on Feed Play Love. We are joined today by our sleep expert, Joe Ryan. It's your opportunity to jump online and ask all the questions that you have. We do have a stack that have piled up because I was away last week. I was moving house from a two bedroom apartment to a three bedroom house, which is very exciting. But totally exhausting.
1: <laughs> Hello, Joe. How
0: are you? Hello,
1: I'm very well. Thanks. Very well.
0: So everyone, can you can ask questions if you're watching us live on Facebook? You can pop your questions below the video. If you're listening to us via the podcast, you just email us at helpline at the au, and we will be in touch the following week. We'll be doing I'm not in touch, but we'll be answering your questions the following week. Joe, let's get stuck straight into this. Um, We have our first question is from Heather. She says, my two-year-old does not sleep well at night. He has a nightly routine, goes to bed the same time every night around 8.30 p.m., takes about 45 minutes to fall asleep and starts out sleeping in his own bed. He always wakes up in the middle of the night anywhere from 1.30 to 4am and then stays awake for one to three hours sometimes. It varies. When he wakes up, I grab him and put him in bed with me, but he still wakes up in our bed. This has been happening months before he turned two, and he still wakes up around the same time in the morning, around 7am. He also takes a two-hour nap during the day. Do you have any tips on how I can
1: get him to sleep better all through the night? Okay. So, well, um, I would firstly say that I think you might be going to bed a bit late. 8.30 sounds quite late for a Mm. two-year-old. And the reason being is that these children, young children, well, everyone really, gets the deepest sleep of the night before midnight. So you need to optimise the amount of hours that they get of that deep sleep because that will actually help them sleep better and, in fact, be, be well rested the next day and be able to do things without kind of losing it quickly, and, you know, all that sort of thing, particularly being a toddler. So I would recommend if they can, if Heather can, bring that bedtime back a bit earlier because also if he's going to bed really late and he's t- now taking 45 minutes to go to sleep, he's not really going to sleep till about quarter past nine, which is very late for a little tiny two-year-old. Um so I recommend 7 o'clock as a, as a really standard bedtime for all young children, you know, just because they get that then four and a half to five hours of deep sleep before midnight and it really helps um, them function the next day, you know. And that it is true that sleep gets sleep, you know. So if he's going down late, he's really exhausted, that really affects the way they sleep. So they wake frequently, they're very difficult um, to get back to sleep. Um So perhaps Heather, a way of dealing with that is if he's having a long sleep in the day, you could maybe cut that back a little bit, like maybe give him an hour, an hour and a half. And then, you know, from about midday, so he's up around 1.30 and then going to bed at seven should be, you know, a very long afternoon anyway for him. You know, that's about six hours of being awake. So that would be my recommendation. The other thing would be when he does wake is to not bring him into bed with you because that's now a sort of set expectation and and a routine for him. So he's going to want to do that. So rather than bring him to you, you just go to him, maybe sit with him for a bit, settle him, and it'll take a couple of nights, but, you know, set up a new routine of how you deal with him overnight. And when there's no expected reward or no expected treat for waking, like, oh, I'm going to get into mum and dad's bed or whatever, then they do, they stop waking. But I would firstly address that. I think he's going to bed a bit too late little thing. Okay. Andrea says, I hope
0: everyone is safe and healthy. Love you guys. And the podcast, I am writing from smoky California thinking of you over there. My son is 19 months and has recently started hitting and is somewhat aggressive. He does not talk yet. So communication is an issue. My middle son was a late talker and has no developmental delays. So we're not concerned about my little one's verbal skills at this time. When he hits a person, it's clearly out of frustration and the communication barriers. When he does hit or swing at someone, we stop him and tell him we understand he's frustrated because of whatever the reason might be, and tell him that hitting isn't nice and it hurts. Then we walk him, finding, him through finding ways to solve the problem without hitting. When he hits pets, it's something else. He knows the difference between soft or hard pet hits soft petting and hard hitting or throwing a toy at the cat or dog. When he hits an animal, we tell him to stop and that it is hurting her and then encourage soft petting and tell him to love her, at which point he often lowers his head onto the animal and will hug. Why is he hitting animals if not out of frustration? And why, if he seems to know the right thing to do, what is the best way to stop him from hitting both people and animals Do we need a different approach for each? This is very frustrating and I feel like I'm talking to hear myself speak at this point. I know the hitting people will eventually go away as its communication increases, but I can't figure out the animal hitting. Please help.
1: Well, she's absolutely right. I mean, it is all about frustration and for me, I would say that it's exactly the same reason, you know. um, He's just lashing out, you know. He's just trying to, um, you know, he's taking out his frustration on whatever is closest and you know pets and animals are loving and lovely and they don't hit back you know generally hopefully or bite back so um you know i think it sounds like she's doing all the right things yes it will pass yes it's a very frustrating time but she's you know she's approaching it they're approaching it in you know a fantastic way um uh there's not a lot else you can really do you know i mean sorry what was the last bit of her question about that should she do something different yeah yeah should it be a different
0: approach between how they talk to him about hitting people or hitting animals
1: I don't think so. I I don't think so because you've got to remember that a nineteen-month-old, you know, they have absolutely no understanding of how other people are feeling. They they have no empathy. You know, they they just they're incredibly that their world. They're narcissistic creatures. That's young children. They don't develop that empathy until quite a few years later but we can start by showing them and demonstrating you know so you patting the animal and cuddling the animal and you know we treat you know we touch them gently and you've got to be gentle and it hurts them and they'll get up you know everything that she's doing sounds right so my advice would be um to stick with it i know it's frustrating you know remove the him from the animal you know um you know Mm -hmm so that he can't hit the animal if you have to. But, you know, I just hang in there. It will pass, you know, and, um, Mm. yeah, there's not a lot else you can do. It's not a sign your child's a psychopath. No, he's not trying to kill the animal. (laughs) I think that then we'd be a little bit worried, but no, hitting is a very normal toddler frustration, frustration kind of behavior. And, um, And like I say, she's approaching it brilliantly. There's not not a lot else she can do. Yeah. Well, good luck with that. Yeah, good luck.
0: Our next question comes from Asma, who says, my seven-week-old does not sleep all day. I feed him, he'll fall asleep on the breast, and then when I put him down, he wakes up five minutes later. If I swaddle and rock him, he'll fall asleep. But when I put him down, he wakes up again. I'm finding I'm holding him all day long. I'm
1: exhausted. Mm. Yeah. So, look, seven-week-olds, the tiny, tinny, tiny. And the one thing that happens with very young babies is that when they get overtired, they are very difficult to get to sleep and they won't stay asleep. So it kind of becomes this vicious cycle, you know. Um, so um, so my advice would be um, that it, to know that young babies really can only be awake at that age, can only be awake for an hour, you know. So often we don't know that, you know, and so you, you you think, oh, maybe a couple of hours or maybe I'll just wait to see if they get tired or they might fall asleep. But by that point, often they're overtired and then they won't stay asleep unless you're holding and continually rocking and, and helping. And that just becomes that sort of whole um, routine. And it's, it is very frustrating and exhausting. So my advice would be um, to start maybe like, one morning after they've had sort of some night's sleep, and you can start the day out by, you know, uh, watching the clock. So, even at 45 minutes, you know, if your baby's been up for 45 minutes, then I would start to swaddle and wrap and maybe jiggle. Like young babies at that age too need some help to go to sleep. So, feeding to sleep's not terrible, jiggling to sleep's not terrible, but maybe if you can get them really sleepy and then pop, pop them down and then do a bit of padding you know, and and you might find that, you know, they'll go off to sleep more easily and also stay asleep a bit longer. And if they do wake after a short period of time, try to put them back to sleep, you know, but keep those awake times to an hour, kept at a maximum of an hour, you know, um, for the next little while. And it's not really till, because now this baby is probably quite, chronically overtired you know if he hasn't had a lot of sleep in the last seven weeks that it takes you know quite a few days to catch up and get get that sleeping back on track it will it will get better you know um and just check that you know he's not hungry that he's getting nice full feeds you know that you're burping and all those things that you need to do to kind of help um the sleep you know make things as conducive to sleep as possible yeah good luck This question
0: comes from Kelly on our Facebook Live. Hi, Kelly. She says, when should your toddler stop day sleeps and how do I know if they're ready?
1: Yeah. So, look, we're all different and same with toddlers. They all, some toddlers need a a day sleep until they're about five and some, well, they're not toddlers by then, but until they're five-year-olds and some drop it at sort of one and a half or two, you know. So yes, he will let you know when he's ready. And generally, it's they just stop. They just refuse to sleep. You know. So, um, you know, obviously, it's better if they're older (laughs) because you, you know, that nice little respite in the middle of the day is always nice. and, and even if they don't sleep, you can still promote that kind of rest time during the day. So, you know, make sure you keep the ritual of going in, lying down on the bed or, you know, having a story. And then some quiet time is also a good thing. But generally our children will tell us when they're ready to move on to that next stage. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, I can't tell you exactly when it's going to be ready, but um, he'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, won't, he just won't go to sleep. Yeah, he? that's right. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Uh, We have a question from Trina on our Facebook live as well. She says, further to your earlier answer, I have a two and a half year old and he's waking up more at night. Um, He seems to still want to sleep two and a half hours in the daytime. Should I be shortening this or um, let me do what he thinks he needs? He wakes between 5.30 and 6 in the morning um, and has his nap around, sorry, He wakes 5.30 to 6 in the morning Mm -hmm. and has a nap around 12 to 12.30 and then sleeps till 2 to 2.30 and then he's in bed at 7.30.
1: That sounds okay, like in terms of the routine. But if he's waking every night and he's awake for a long period of time, then I would probably cut back the day sleep, maybe to an hour and a half you know, or, or two, like if you're sleeping two and a half, drop, drop half an hour and see how that goes. And then if it doesn't improve, then maybe drop down to an hour and a half, you know, um, cap it at an hour and a half maximum and see how that goes. Generally, again, like, and, and just be conscious that you're not do in, doing anything during the night that might be encouraging the waking. So feeding, picking up, taking to your bed, you know, all those kinds of things um, encourage waking. So just be conscious of that as well. This is a question
0: from Kiva through our email. She says, help my little girl's three and a half months and wakes herself, usually around 4am with frustration, trying to suck her hands. She sleeps in an arms in swaddle bag with another swaddle bag Blanket wrapped around for extra snugness. We found this did the trick to stop the hands sucking temporarily, but she wiggles around and loosens the swaddle. We tried arms out sleeping, but she wakes herself even more banging around. GP thinks she's teething, recommended Panadol if she's in pain, but when I lift her up and feed her, no amount of shushing or padding works. She's laughing and still pretty sleepy, therefore, I don't think she's in pain. I also don't think it's hunger waking her because even after a feed, she tries to get to her hand, her hands.
1: Any ideas? Well, some babies, yeah, love the sucking. They're sucking, sucky babies. Um, so, you know, you've got a couple of options. You could try a dummy, but then dummies can, um, you know, cause a whole lot of other problems, you know, later on. I prefer them to be able to suck their hands because obviously they can find that three-and-a-half months old, three-and-a-half-month-olds are still quite young, so they often don't have the full coordination to get the hand to the mouth. But I would probably, particularly overnight, the overnight sleeping generally would be okay with a bit of a looser wrap. You know, the day sleeping, you might need to still have those hands down. But she would certainly be getting to a stage where I would think that um, maybe a, a bag with the arms up, and the, the like, they love to dream bags, you know. Um, so they're contained, but they can still get their hand with a bit of, you know, material over it. But they can still manage to get their hand into their mouth and suck or turn their head. But they're not flailing, you know. They're not full, fully arms out, and waking each other, waking themselves up. You know what I mean? So it is a good transitional wrap as well. That sort of um, arms up. So you're not going from tight swaddle to arms fully out. So I'd probably try something like that. Um, and some babies just really like to suck, you know, and, um, and, you know, as I say, I quite like it because it does help with the self-soothing and being able f- for them to put themselves back to sleep if they do sort of wake. So that's what I would. I would
0: give that a go. This question comes from Jory on Facebook Live. Apologies if I said your name wrong. She says, hi, Jo, do you have any advice on how to help my four-month-old baby who has terrible eczema? We can't wet dress yet due to SIDS. We are using steroid treatments, but she still wakes scratching and gets loose from the swaddle. Help.
1: Oh, yeah. Look, it's terrible eczema. And, you know, all you could do is... um you know, make sure she's not too hot, obviously, because the heat increases the itch, obviously the creams, um, and just maybe, you know, put little mittens on. I'm sure she's doing all this because this is sort of standard eczema, you know, so that she's not scratching and and causing herself to bleed or, you know, give herself little scratches. Um, There's not really a lot else you can do, you know, just make sure that the room is comfortable, that there's maybe some white noise or some music to help soothe her and help her sleep Um, because, you know, if she can sleep. The creams should be keeping things under control as much, but, you know, they do have flare-ups of eczema. Um, But, uh, yeah, there's not a lot else you can do except, you know, obviously the creams and try to keep her as comfortable and cool as as you can without like make, you know, warm, but not too warm. That's a fine line. Yeah. It's a tough one, isn't it? It is a really tough one, actually. Babies with eczema, it's very hard. It's very hard to get the sleep sorted.
0: Feeling for you, Jerry. Hope that helps. Um, this yeah. question comes from Vanessa. She says, "My daughter is four years old. Back in May this year, she had a UTI and started having toilet accidents due to the UTI. She hasn't had another, but nearly fully recovered from, but never fully recovered from the accidents. Now she's wetting herself two to four times a day, and I have no clue what to do. I have tried everything." to try and get her back to normal, but nothing works. I've tried talking and explaining with her, tried encouraging and saying, we'll do better next time. I've also tried some discipline, taking away privileges like toys and TV and time outs. I've taken her back to the doctor also and they have nothing to suggest. I'm at my wits end, do you have any ideas for me?
1: Yeah, look, these sorts of things can cause regressions, you know, illnesses and sicknesses, and particularly if she wasn't toilet trained, hadn't been toilet trained for long. You know, UTIs are horrible. They're uncomfortable. I used to get them a lot when I was a child as well. Um, And so um, I think I I would say time would, would be the most, you know, the best thing. And try to take the pressure off her. You know, don't make it a big issue. I would... I would really recommend against sort of punitive type things or, you know, kind of negative consequences for her having accidents. You know, she's just a little thing and, and I'm sure she's not doing it on purpose. And I know it's hard and frustrating. I mean, there's nothing worse than, the, you know, weing everywhere, you know. Um, maybe ask her for, to, you know, what she would like to do. Would she like to wear a pull-up at some stage during the day or, you know, maybe sort of in, include her in some of the process of like, would you like some new undies? Should we put two pairs of undies on? Do you want me to remind you before you get in the bath? Or, you know, would you like me to remind you that we should maybe go and sit on the toilet? Um, and, you know, also just practising holding on too sometimes Can help with just getting her bladder control back a bit um yeah i mean they're the things that i would recommend and obviously if it goes on and on she's only four so you know it's not unusual for her to 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 be having accidents um so yeah i would i would try to just take the pressure off both of you and just say okay look maybe we'll wear pull-ups until christmas or you know until holidays happen or whatever it might be you know give her a little bit of respite from from all of that sometimes they they feel the pressure and and it causes them to do exactly what you're trying not to do yeah
0: this question comes from Chi, she says, from our Facebook Live. She says, hi, ladies, my son is three in January. He has been a co-sleeper since he was around six months old. He's getting too big to share with us now and he is a very wriggly sleeper. Yeah. How can I help him
1: transfer to his own bed? Thank you. Okay, so because he's been with you for a long time, um, we need to do it reasonably gently. But three, you know, usually they're, they're kind of, you know, keen sometimes to have their own space or to have their own bed so you could kind of um uh, you know one would be to take him on a little shopping expedition to get himself a nice new bed um and and sort of talk it up and make it really exciting uh he might be excited to start with but when the actual reality of going to sleep in his own bed hits he might be like actually i don't really want that so then you could put the what i would suggest is put a mattress on the floor in your room as a first stage, and maybe just have him on the mattress, you know, beside you, so that at least he's still close to you, but he's not um, wriggling and causing you guys to wake. And then, you know, let's work on, you know, getting him to sleep in his own space. Um, so yeah, it's a bit of a process, but generally, as they're older, they start to, you know, um, be excited about having their own room. So you could play in the room during the day, set it up so that it's, you know, exciting for him that all his nice toys are there and you know, let's go and lie in your bed, play on your bed, do the stories on his bed, those sorts of things can really help. But it it will take a bit of time.
0: This question comes from Michelle on the email. She says, my almost three-year-old is a good kid in so many ways. His personality is usually compliant, calm and introverted. But the aspect that we would love to have advice on is how to teach him to be more respectful. He tends to sometimes speak to us and his grandparents in an almost rude tone if it's something he doesn't want or isn't happy with. He also in most cases refuses to greet or say goodbye to adults, parents of his friends, etc. Is there anything we can do to guide him towards a more respectful habit of speaking? We are modelling it and know it takes it takes time, but don't love this for others, especially the grandparents.
1: Yeah. Look, it's hard, but again, you know, toddlers are three year olds are very unaware of how what their behavior is doing to other people. They're just unable. And you could speak to you, to them to you're blue in the face, so explaining how it's making you feel. Um but they don't really care. So (laughs) modeling is the best way. And, you know, also just pulling him up and saying, we don't speak like that. You know, we don't say that we say, thank you. And just repetition, as you know, I don't know. I remember my mother just say, please say, thank you. Look them in the eye. Doctors stand up when they come in the room, you know, all those things just got, you know, it's just like repetition, 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 but understand that, you know, he may or may not get it, but, um, he will eventually he will eventually if you just keep modeling the the behavior um then um but you know don't get too cross on him because you know if if you kind of punish him or uh you just say the same thing we don't we don't talk to people like that we don't talk to grandma or grandpa like that you know um but also forcing a child to hug someone or kiss someone is probably not a great idea either because you want them to have that sense of I don't want to do that and and understand and, and uh, trust their own instinct, but it doesn't mean they, they speak rudely to them, you know, touching yeah. is different. Mm. Speaking is something, you know, that you should say, you know, look at them, talk to them, you know, that sort of thing. So please if it's say.
0: any consolation, uh, Michelle, my kids can be, abhorrent when they speak to me my my uh, husband but everyone tells me they're so lovely and polite when they stay Mm, or uh, yeah yeah so yeah
1: they're usually much worse to their close family parents and grandparents
0: they love us right
1: yeah (laughs) yeah so hang in there you're doing the right thing
0: Yeah. And we've got a question from Stoya, who says, is 22 months too early to drop daytime nap altogether? He refuses it. He is usually up at 8.30 to 9am. And if he doesn't nap, he will go down at 7.30 to 8. If he does nap, he screams for ages and won't go to sleep until around 10.30pm.
1: Well, I mean, that sounds like he's telling you he doesn't want it. I mean, sleeping until 8.30, 9am in the morning, is kind of exceptional, you know, for a for a twenty-two-month-old, generally they're awake between five and six. So, um, I think that the reason is that he's having that extra long sleep in in the morning. That it's kind of like a day sleep, you know. So you could try either. I guess it's sort of like what you you could live with. You know, do you want him to sleep in and go to bed? without you know at seven without a nap or you know you get him up at six thirty or seven and see if he'll have a nap around midday even for an hour and then to bed at seven but you know i think um i think he's clearly telling you he won't do it in with the way it's going now so like 22 months is not great it's young but a lot of kids will have dropped their naps and boys i find generally you know uh can be uh can be reluctant to or they they drop day naps probably earlier i think because just the nature of their brains and they just want to be go 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 yeah
0: mm. we've got time for one last question mm-hmm. uh this is a second question from michelle who we had earlier yeah um She says, My just turned one year old has been at daycare for three weeks as I've returned to work, and so far his day sleep is all over the place. I know it takes a while to settle, but what can I do in the meantime? Normally at home, he would sleep for at least one hour in the morning, three to three and a half hours after he wakes in the morning, and another three and a half to four hours after his last nap ends. He um, Then he'll go to bed three and a half to four hours after that nap or 7pm, whichever is sooner. He eats and drinks well. At daycare, however, he has been falling asleep up to five hours after his morning wake and sometimes not sleeping again. He falls asleep on the teachers at random times. His naps could be from 30 to 60 minutes. We then rush to pick him up, give him dinner, etc., and put him down by 6 pm, which is difficult with leaving work and tending to his big brother. Now at home, he is also starting to fight his naps, but will sleep for at least an hour. We have tried putting him down at the three and a half to four hour mark to make sure he's tired enough, but he will now not fall asleep on his own, which he used to. His nighttime sleep is still solid, thankfully, besides early. 5.30am wakes. He has always slept in a room with drawn curtains and white noise until now. He's at daycare three days, Wednesday through Friday, and at home four days, Saturday through Tuesday. Any tips or should we just wait it out?
1: Look, it is hard and and daycare is certainly disruptive for those sorts of things. I mean, he's 12 months, so you could trial um, just moving him to one sleep, you know, both at childcare, which it sounds like he's doing anyway, and at home. Um, which would mean maybe pushing him out to sort of 11.30 to start with, 11, 11.30, and then you might need to bring bedtime earlier. Um, so you could trial that at home for four days before you sort of tackled, you know, or let childcare know that this is what you're doing. I'm not quite sure whether they're trying to put him down twice a day at childcare or whether they're just doing once a day, but I think we need to make it easy, you know, as easy for everybody so that it works um, uh and and look he's 12 months so like as i say it's a bit of a transitional age anyway they're usually transitioning from two to one sleep um around any time from this stage on so um that's probably what i would give a go if, give it a go if you feel like that's sort of what he's leaning towards um or you know cap the morning nap at sort of 45 minutes half an hour 45 minutes and then um let the afternoon one go for an hour and a half. But I think it might be easier for everyone if you kind of get into the routine of maybe having one sleep a day and just see how that goes.
0: Well, that's all we had time for, Jo. Thank you so much for coming on today and helping everyone. (laughs) You're very welcome. Uh, and just before we go, I will mention that if you were desperate to get your question on to Jo and you didn't have time, um, what we've done with at Babyology is expand sleep school to be parent school because there are so many different things <laughs> it's good to get help with. Um, so this is, uh, you'll find in the links of the notes of both this episode and the Facebook Live, um, a special portal you just go through to the parent school you can choose the topic that you need help with the expert that you want to consult with and then you can have a one-on-one consultation with that person so just check out those links if you would like to have a more intense experience yeah. more in depth I should say not intense it won't be intense because you're you'll be feeling relieved after <laughs> won't you Jo? Yes absolutely absolutely Um, and joe is one of our expert experts at parent school so you can book in to have a one-on-one consult with joe we will be back next week see you later joe and thank you for your questions feed play love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me siobhan hunt i'd love to hear from you so if you'd like to get in touch